Our scripture reading for tonight is from John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, and then verses 31 through 35. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean, and you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know? What I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things... You are blessed if you do them. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going... You cannot come. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Loving to the end. That phrase really struck me this time as I went through the scripture. Loving to the end. What a way to live. Loving at the beginning, in the middle, and in the end. You see, a lot of times we're good about starting things off. We're good at the beginning. Sometimes we endure through the middle. But what happens to most of us is that by the end, we're gassed. We are tired. We're exhausted. We've lost patience. We've lost love. We've lost grace. We, we basically are just done. 
But Jesus wasn't. He loved all the way to the end. Even knowing what was coming, even knowing that he was going to be betrayed by those he loved, even knowing that they would all leave his side when he got arrested, even knowing that he was about to suffer excruciating pain, he still loved to the end. Again, it's, it's hard to even imagine loving to the end when you know the end includes a cross and nails. It's hard to imagine loving to the end when it means that everybody who cheered for you a few days earlier is now yelling, crucify him. It's hard to imagine loving to the end when you know what's coming ahead. But the scripture says that Jesus was able to love to the end because of something, because he knew he had come from the Father, he was returning to the Father, and that all things had been given into his hands. You know, when we know that we are God's and God is ours, that gives us an assurance that brings us peace, even when things might not be going well or might not be like we want them to be. But let's go into the story because this is a story of Passover. Jesus and his disciples have come to Jerusalem to celebrate this Passover meal and this They're gathered together in the upper room. They've had all day to run around the city and greet old friends and see uh, family members and reunite with, with acquaintances that they haven't seen in a while. They've been gathering all of the materials and things to hold this Last Supper. In case you didn't know, there's a whole preparation to a cedar meal. You didn't just show up. You had to go gather the right bitter herbs. You had to go gather the right materials. You had to have specially made bread that was unleavened and, and, and wasn't really that tasty. You know, you complain about communion wafers, that, that ain't nothing compared to the cedar meal bread. And a lot of the stuff that they ate, you know, as they prepared for this time of Passover was to remind them of the bitterness that the Israelites had had to endure as they were in exile. It was all the tears as they had to be released from captivity and slavery in Egypt and be set free. And it was all those years in the desert as God had passed them over in the last plague and allowed them to leave Egypt free. So this is what they're doing, and they're all sitting, they're all tired. It's, it's been a long day. They're having their meal. They're all gathered together. And Jesus gets up from the table, pours water into a basin, and takes off his outer robe. And, you know, I just think Jesus did that with style. Boom. Boom. It's about to get real in here. I mean, it's about to get real in here. The scripture says he grabbed a towel, he tied it around his waist, and then he got that basin, he poured water into it, and then he began to wash the disciples' feet. And you know, it struck me as well when I was going through the scripture once again, I've read it many times, but to wash the feet, you got to get down on the ground. You got to get on your knees. You got to get below the person you are washing their feet, you know, Most of the time, we're down below them. And Jesus, the master, the teacher, 
the one that they have been following for over three years, is now on the floor washing the disciples' feet in the most humblest of postures. I mean, there's no telling what was going through their minds. <laughs> I mean, all of those disciples, I mean, they had seen this man walk on water. They had seen this man heal and restore life to dead bodies. They had seen this man cure leprosy. And here is that same man on the ground washing their feet. And we know that he was coming to Peter. And Peter had already come up with a plan of what he was going to do when he got to him. He wasn't having any of this, right? The scripture says he asked Jesus, you're intending to wash my feet like uh, you really think you're going to get to do these? You really think that I'm going to let you do this? And the scripture says that when he, when he asked that question, Jesus told him flat out, I know you don't get it. I know you don't understand it. I know that right now it makes no sense to you. You know, there are things that happen in our lives that at the moment don't make sense to us. And we have to trust that God knows what God is doing. This was one of those moments in which Jesus was asking Peter to trust him. He was saying, trust me, you don't understand it now, but you'll understand it later. You know, there is a point at which things are revealed and made clear to us, but often it's after they've already happened, not before. He said, you don't understand it now but you'll understand it later. Well, that's usually not good enough for most of us. We double down in our defiance when that happens because we want to know the how, the why, the when, the where. We want to know all the details. We want to understand exactly what you're doing. And Peter basically doubled down. He says, um, you're never washing these. Never, ever say never to the Lord. Never, ever say never to the Lord. You will never wash these feet. Jesus took one look at Peter and said, so that's how it is, right? Well, let me call your bluff. Because let me tell you that if I don't wash you, you can't take part in what I'm doing. You can't be a part of what I am about. You can't come into the fullness of what I have prepared for you unless you let me wash you. It was a reminder to us that Jesus wants to wash away our sin, and he doesn't want anybody coming in with sin. He wants it gone. He wants to wash it all away. He wants to forgive it and cleanse it. He says, if you want to come in with that stuff and stay with that stuff, can't do it. Can't have it. You've got to let that go if you're going to come and follow me. You've got to let that go if you want to enjoy what I have to offer. But what do we want more? To keep walking with Jesus or to hold on to our sin? Believe it or not, there are people out there saying, I'm keeping my dirt on my feet. I'm not letting anybody wash my feet. 
Why? Pride. We don't want anybody seeing these, right? We hide our feet. We get embarrassed of our feet. You know, people are funny about our, their feet. They don't want anybody touching them or looking at them. Or... So when Jesus asked Peter to allow him, this, you got to remember, Peter's a burly guy. He's like a big guy. He's a fisherman. He is, he is not a damsel here. He's, he's, he's a big guy. And the idea of, of his master washing his feet was just beyond, beyond what he could, he could stomach at the moment. But Jesus basically said, do you want what I have to offer or do you want to keep your pride? Do you want what I have to offer or do you want to stay where you are? Jesus was asking Peter to be vulnerable, to allow himself to be washed by the master in order to share in what he had to offer. And in the same way, Jesus still comes to us today and says, do you want to partake in what I have? Then you got to let me wash away your sin. You got to let me forgive you and give you grace. You got to put the sin into your past in order to be able to experience what I have promised in many ways, the question was, do you love your sin more than you love Jesus? Let me tell you, there are some people that love their sin more than they love the Lord. They hold on to those things rather than letting them go in order to follow Jesus. Well, when Peter heard that it was all or nothing, he said, I'll take all, thank you. I mean, at that point, he was ready to jump into the bowl. He's like, you know, let's do my hand and my hands. I think I got a little dirt on them. I think I want to get them washed. Let's go in all the way. Wash me completely from head to toe. Go ahead. Wash me. And Jesus told him, you don't need to clean your head and your feet, your hands. You're clean except for your feet. You're clean except for your feet. You see, Jesus was trying to give them an illustration, not just about cleansing and washing. He was talking about the fact that when we come to him and he accepts us as his disciples, he washes away our sins, he makes us clean, and then after that, the things that need to be cleansed are the things that we just got dirty with. You know, when they were walking all day, Outside, they were getting their feet dirty. That's why they needed cleaning. Because those feet had gotten dirty from all the walking that they had done all day. And that's what needed to be washed. It is a reminder that we need to continue to come to Jesus for forgiveness every day. Because every day we pick up a little dirt. Every day we pick up a little dirt. And you don't know where you picked it up sometimes even, because some sins are of omission and some are of commission. You did something or you didn't do something. And oftentimes we don't even realize it, but we picked up some dirt. And Jesus basically says, I need to wash that little dirt off because daily I want to give you my grace and forgiveness. On a regular basis, I want to give you grace. 
Well, Jesus went around presumably and washed the feet of all the disciples around the table. And I say all because we have to be reminded about Judas Iscariot is there. Can you imagine just washing the feet of the one that's going to turn you in? The one that's going to betray you with a kiss. When he says love to the end, he means it. All the way to the cross. Even not speaking badly about those who will crucify him. Even not speaking badly of those who had turned their back on him. Even not speaking badly of God who was allowing him to go through this sacrifice. You know, on Friday, tomorrow, we will hear the seven last words of Jesus. And in each one, you see an example of a suffering servant who loves until the end, until the very last moment. See, Jesus doesn't just want you to come to him one time, be forgiven of your sins, and call it a day for the rest of your life. He wants you to continuously live in a relationship with him where whenever you pick up a little dirt, he is the one that washes it away and shows you grace. We should never think that we are so clean that we don't need Jesus to forgive us and give us grace because we need that all the time. Jesus went back to the table. He sat down and he said, did you all see what I have done for you? Did you see it? Did you pay attention? I am your Lord and your master. That's what you call me, right? And it's true. He says, you're completely correct about that. If I, your Lord and your master, I'm willing to get down on the ground and wash your feet. What makes you believe that any of you should not be willing to do that for another? That's basically what he was saying. He was saying, if I can do it, you can do it. If I, who am your master and your Lord, can get down, you can get down. You know, anytime we try to get a big head about ourselves, we need to remember this passage and be reminded that Jesus, who was about to be crucified, went down on the ground to serve his disciples in love, even those he knew would betray him. Today is a day to remember that in the end, we are all servants of the greatest servant of all. And that he didn't ask us to do anything he wasn't willing to do himself. Did you notice that? Jesus never asked his disciples to do anything he wasn't willing to do himself. And he set the example not by giving instructions, but by actually doing the things that he wanted his disciples to do. Today, I hope that we are committed to serving each other in love, offering grace, mercy, forgiveness, as abundantly as Jesus offered it to his disciples on that night and offers it to us every single day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you because I know that on this night when you established your supper and when you did this for your disciples, you gave us an incredible example of what it means to love one another as you have loved us. 
Help us to remember that this is how the world will know that we are your disciples because of the way in which we serve and love one another. Help us to seek your grace, your forgiveness, and your mercy every single day and to never think that we are beyond it or that we don't need it because every day we need your love, your grace, and your forgiveness. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.